you are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067 in Auburn and Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. Online on Fox Sports 983.com and ESPNAU.com. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You're on the line on ESPN 106.7 at Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins and Noah Gardner with you today on the Tuesday edition of the show. It's 2 o'clock, so you know what that means. You've got us for the next two hours talking about everything With the NCAA tournament, we are just a couple of days away from the first round games. Tonight, we'll start the first four up in Dayton, Ohio. Shout out to all my people in Dayton. I grew up up there for a long time. I went to the first four my senior year of high school. I really enjoyed it. Got to watch Syracuse play in the first four. So it was a lot of fun. So the first two games get underway tonight, two more tomorrow, and then the fun starts on Thursday. Noah, how you doing today, man? I'm doing great. It's a holiday. Not yet, really. Thursday's a holiday, but you can feel the excitement in this studio. It's tangible, the NCAA tournament. I know I just went 0-100 to 100 really quickly, but how can you not be excited with the NCAA tournament coming around? We got brackets everywhere, man. I'm looking at four different ones in my hand. I know you got some that you're working on throughout the breaks of the show. I finished my formula bracket. I don't want to tell everybody who it's got winning. No, you don't. I don't want to tell everybody, but between me and you and our conversations off air, you can see it. It it can happen. It can. It can happen, but I ain't going to talk about that right now. But I will say, I filled out four brackets, okay? I've got four so far. I really like two of them, okay? I really like two of them. It's the two that I have already submitted on the ESPN Bracket Challenge. You know, those are the two I have submitted. I like them, and there's a couple upsets that I really, really like. And we're going to break all those down today and go through the different brackets and, and, and pick our upset favorites that we like. And, pitch, you know, in the NCAA tournament, an upset is considered if a team is three seeds or more less than the team that they played. That is considered an upset when they win. And I've got a couple of them that, just looking at the statistics, there's, a, there's some teams and some matchups in this first round that I'm really, really liking. So we're going to break all of that down here on the show today. But the phone lines are open all show long, both hours. You can give us a call about anything you want to talk about. If you want to break down the NCAA tournament bracket with us, give us your predictions about what you think Auburn is going to do in their bracket this week in the next couple of weeks. Give us a call. We want to hear from you. 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. And before we get started... I want to give us give out a little promo because here at Auburn Network and all of our family of stations, we have a contest going on. It's called Basketball Mayhem. Do you want to win a million dollars? We'll make the perfect picks. Yes. For, <laughs> the answer should be yes. Yes. Well, then make the perfect picks for our March Mayhem contest, and you can have a chance to win just that. Plus, you still have a chance to win something like a 55-inch smart TV just by filling out your bracket and picking some of them correctly. Even if you don't win the million, there's a TV up for grabs, and it could be yours if you're the smartest person on our contest page. To register, go to aunetwork.com, wingsfm.com, newstalkwani.com, or espn1067.com. Fill out your brackets before Thursday 
The contest will close once the first game begins on Thursday. So go in, fill out your bracket. If you get it perfect, you win $1 million. But if you have the best or the most correct bracket in the Auburn Opelika area, Noah, you can win a 55-inch smart TV. You go from $1 million to a 55-inch TV. I'm here for it. Hey, that's still pretty good. That a free, is. A free that TV. Is. And it's just, that's if, right. it's just if you have the best bracket in the Auburn Opelika that's area. That's right. So make sure you go to ESPNAU.com, click on the contest, and go fill out your bracket for basketball mayhem the contest will close on thursday by the time the first game begins this contest is brought to you by the orthopedic clinic pepsi buffalo rock and the 19th hole of auburn so make sure you go and fill that out on espnau.com but noah let's start breaking it down my friend we talked about this yesterday but it's uh, it's all over tv it's all over radio because it's the hottest topic in sports right now it's the ncaa tournament We've been filling out brackets for the last three day, or two days, two and a half days since Sunday night. And like I said, I've got two that I really, really like. Of course, I have my, my Auburn bracket, my bracket where I have Auburn going all the way. But in my, in my number one bracket, I do not have Auburn winning at all. I think when you look at Auburn's bracket, and a lot has been said about this, yesterday we discussed that I'm not as optimistic about Auburn's pod. I'm not as optimistic about the bottom side of the Midwest as maybe some people were when this bracket was initially released. People saw this bracket and thought, oh, Iowa State, awful in the Big 12. LSU, without Will Wade. Wisconsin, decent team, good team in the Big 10, but manageable. Colgate, 14 seed. USC, Pac-12 squad, Miami, middling ACC team. And then, of course, Auburn's playing a 15 seed and a 10-loss 15 seed at that at Jacksonville State. You saw that bottom half of the bracket and you thought, yes, there's something to work with there. And I'll say this. I think if Auburn plays its best basketball game, it's better than every single one of these teams in the Midwest region. The problem is we haven't seen that since January maybe even longer than that, Auburn's 5-4 and four of their last nine games. We haven't seen that. So the question is, can Auburn flip that switch? And I'll tell you, I don't like how a lot of SEC teams are playing right now going into the NCAA tournament. That pains me to say. You guys know that. I'm a big SEC guy. That pains me to say that. But the reality is, I don't think Kentucky's playing their best basketball right now. I don't think Auburn is. I don't think Alabama is. I definitely don't think LSU is. Arkansas just lost by 18 to Texas A&M. They had a close, they had a couple of close calls at the end of the year. I think they obviously had some impressive wins, but Tennessee's the only one playing good right now. If right, you really but, look at it. But when you look at them on the offensive side of the basketball, they have the propensity at any moment to potentially drop off the face of the earth, and then all of a sudden, the moment that Tennessee cools off will be the moment that they lose. And we'll get to all these other SEC teams later on in the show, I'm sure. But going back to what I was saying about Auburn. If Auburn doesn't show up to play, I can see them lose to USC in the round of 32. If they do show up to play, I think this team's a national championship contender. In reality, I think they land somewhere in between. I think this Auburn team makes it to the Elite Eight, loses to Kansas in the Elite Eight. That's how I've got the Midwest region right now unfolding. The difference there between Auburn and Kansas, both teams pretty solid defensively. Auburn's the better defensive team, I think. But the reality is, 
Kansas is on a whole nother tier as far as offensive uh, as far as offensive efficiency is concerned. They've got Remy Martin back. Of course, we all know about Agbaji, who's averaging over 20 points a game. They've just got more in the tank offensively, I think, than Auburn does. And that says a lot when you look at the statistics for Kansas because the Big 12 is an incredibly deep conference from a defensive standpoint. And this Kansas team has been battle-tested by the likes of Texas Tech, Texas, I know Kansas State wasn't a great team this year, but all the Big 12 teams play solid defense. Iowa State, another great defensive team. Can't score the basketball at all, but a great defensive team. Baylor, they're built on defense. All these Big 12 teams know how to play defense really well. Not to say that the SEC isn't a great conference, because I really do believe it was the best conference in basketball this year, but it doesn't have the defensive footprint, I don't think, that the Big 12 has from top to bottom. Of course, there may be more scores. There may be more general athleticism in the SEC this year. There may be more complete teams from top to bottom. But I do think when Auburn faces off with Kansas, the difference in that matchup is Kansas's ability on the roster to score the basketball more consistently from top to bottom than Auburn. And Auburn right now just isn't shooting the basketball well. I really do believe, looking at the bottom half of the bracket in the Midwest, Auburn should be able to grind their way out to the Elite Eight on defense alone. The problem is if Auburn's offense hasn't found its footing, if Auburn's still playing the way that we've seen them play on offense over the last couple weeks, they're going to get to that Elite Eight matchup with Kansas, and that's where they're going to lose because that's where the offense will eventually catch up with them. But and, and, and let's look at it this way. In my bracket, in my official, like, my research, breaking it down, like, sit down and do the work on my bracket, my, my top-tier bracket, I do. I have Auburn in the Elite Eight, and I have them losing to Kansas. But let's be real. Auburn's got to get there first. Auburn has, what, four games before they would get, or three games before they would get to the Elite Eight. Of course, they start on Friday against 15 seed Jacksonville State. And then they will play either USC or Miami. But Auburn has got to beat Jacksonville State first. I mean, we talked about, or we mentioned it yesterday, it's sad that we have to even consider Auburn not showing up and beating a Jacksonville State. Yes, they have more talent. Yes, they're a better team. I get all of that. But Auburn has not played good at all in the last month of basketball. And yes, their talent will take them and beat Jacksonville State. But then no matter who they play, whether it's USC or Miami, I have Miami winning that matchup and going to play Auburn in the round of 32. Auburn's going to have to show up no matter who that opponent is. Auburn's going to have to be able to score the basketball, play efficiently. The backcourt is going to have to start getting better or they're going to have to change the rotation or figure something out. And at the end of the day, if you do what you got to do, just give the ball to Jabari Smith and let him take you a couple games into the NCAA tournament because this is the only tournament he's going to play in because he's going to go pro after this. But Auburn, even after that, if they somehow win that game, they will be playing an LSU, a Wisconsin, possibly Colgate, teams that can shut Auburn down offensively and Colgate just shoots the lights out. So Auburn has a tough test just to get to the Elite Eight. And then once they get there, they would have to play Kansas. And I have Kansas winning that matchup. Can Auburn do it? absolutely can Auburn make a push to the final four absolutely can Auburn be a threat to win the national championship absolutely but reality I think has set in on this Auburn basketball team I've been saying it for the past month and a half they had the same issues they have not done anything to fix those issues and I just don't see how 
the NCAA tournament and they're just going to automatically say, oh, here we go. Like, we don't have the same problems anymore. So Auburn has a tough test. So does the rest of the SEC when you look at it. But Auburn, while it doesn't look like it, they have some tough matchups coming up in the tournament. I think USC is probably the most intimidating out of that bottom bracket in the Midwest, at least early on for for Auburn. Of course, they could end up playing Wisconsin in the Sweet 16. They could end up matching up with them, and I, and I don't think that would be a good matchup for Auburn either. But the USC game, what concerns me is how well they defend the two. Auburn is one of the better two-point percentage teams in the SEC. They hit 51% of their shots inside the arc. USC holds opponents to 41% on two-point shots. That's incredible. Few teams reach that level of efficiency inside this field. Just And I've looked at every single team from a statistical profile standpoint going through all of this. And USC provides an interesting matchup in the way that they defend the paint, just like Auburn does. Auburn defends the paint incredibly well. USC defends the paint incredibly well. So once again, it comes down to who ends up finding more in the offensive tank to win that game and what's going to more than likely be a really ugly basketball game if Auburn has not found their jump shot by that point. Now, if Auburn has found their jump shot, Auburn and USC are in completely different universes, I think, in terms of what their best game looks like. And and very well, USC has had games this year. Once again, they've got seven losses out of the Pac-12. USC very well could disappoint at could disappear at any point, right? Just like Auburn. And so, if Auburn just plays the way that we know they're capable of, they make it through. But I do think USC provides an interesting matchup problem for Auburn in the way that they defend and the way that their front court defends. And we know where Auburn's offense runs through. It would come down on the guards about whether or not Auburn beats USC. And I think Auburn's guards are good enough to win any game in this bracket. It just comes down to whether or not they're playing well that day if they're hitting shots. Well, you're breaking down Auburn having to play USC. And like I said, I have Miami winning that first round game. I have Auburn playing Miami. Auburn plays Miami, Miami, blowout. Auburn will blow out Miami. I agree. But I think Miami is going to beat USC. And let me tell you why. When you break it down, and I did the research on this game. When you break it down, Miami scores three more points a game than USC does. Miami shoots the ball 3% better than USC. Miami shoots 48% from the field. That's best for 23rd in the country. The free throw percentage. Miami's average, they shoot 74%. You know what USC's free throw percentage is? 66.5% as a team. That's good for 328th. You can't shoot like that in the tournament at the free throw line because this game's going to be back and forth. And when it comes down to it and both teams get into the bonus and the double bonus, USC's not going to be able to put the game away or give themselves a lead with free throws because they can't make them. Three-point percentage, Miami shoots. They they shoot just about even. They're a .01 difference between them. So they shoot the same from the three ball. Now the rebounding category, USC dominates the boards. They average 40 rebounds a game. That's good for 10th in the country to Miami's 30. But at the end of the day, USC turns the ball over 12 times. Miami turns it over six. The only thing that USC has going for them is the rebounds, but they can't make free throws. They can't shoot very well. I like Miami to beat USC in round one. I think it'll be back and forth. But again, USC not being able to shoot free throws and turning the ball over is going to hurt them. I like Miami in the first round to go and play Auburn in the round of 32. And and I'll go in a little bit more on USC here and then people can make their decisions based on how they want to pick it. I don't disagree, man. Miami was a good has beaten Duke this year. Miami has some solid wins. They're not a bad basketball team. That that's a really fun game. And I'm looking at tickets. I'm going to be honest. I'm looking at tickets for that day on Friday and that is a really I know you're trying to ditch me. I know, man. I think that day that that is the most that is the best game that day 
I really do believe that. I think Davidson, Michigan State's going to end up being really fun too, just the way that Davidson scores the basketball and and the potential for an upset there, which I do think Davidson ends up winning that game. But USC and Miami, obviously the brands, first of all. I mean, I feel like I would love to watch those two teams have a revival in football and play each other in a college football playoff. That would be epic. But talking about USC and Miami on hardwood, USC does something that I think it, it could also give Auburn issues and I think is definitely going to give Miami issues and why I feel pretty confident USC is going to win the game they have about yeah well you're putting up the U I thought you were putting up two hands to rebound uh because <laughs> USC rebounds the basketball very well they they do they grab over 30 percent of their offensive rebound opportunities Miami is not that that is not what they're good at Miami is guard driven they are not they do not have a big front court presence they're not a great rebounding team believe it or not as well as Auburn does offense, as well as Auburn does from an offensive rebounding standpoint, because Auburn also grabs over thirty percent of their offensive rebound opportunities. Auburn's actually not that good of a defensive rebounding team. Auburn lets opposing teams grab some offensive boards on. We talk about from a percentages standpoint, uh, Auburn's you know outside the top one hundred in terms of defensive rebounding percentage, and maybe outside the top one fifty. So USC is a great rebounding team. And that could provide that that could present unique issues not only to Miami but also to Auburn in the next round. They they're able to get second chance opportunities, and that's something that Texas A and M did really well against Auburn, and it ended up kicking out to several three point opportunities that maybe if Auburn closed out a possession or two more, I know they got behind by twenty, but maybe you know when you look at the final score, losing by five, if Auburn closes out a possession or two more, maybe you know doesn't have a layup blocked off the backboard, maybe makes one or two, maybe KD Johnson makes one or two shots, Auburn wins the game over Texas. A&M and they're playing on Saturday and maybe they have a chance to get some things right it's that fine of margins in March when you break it down that way and USC does some things outside of the run of play namely you know talking about their offensive defense they do some other things well like force turnovers and get rebounds that could definitely provide Auburn with some some issues that is why I'm not super excited about the the possibility of Auburn playing USC and I wasn't when I originally saw the bracket unfold I would much rather see Auburn have to play uh, Michigan State or Murray State I don't know how I feel about Ohio State because I think Ohio State on their best day is much better than a seven seed. I really do believe that, especially when everybody's healthy. But at their worst. But at their worst, they definitely, I, I think they lose to Loyola Chicago uh, in, in their tournament game anyway. And so, yeah, I would probably rather have Ohio State and Loyola Chicago bumped up next to Auburn. Um, that there, are, there are several. I, USC is probably the least favorite 7-10 possibility on this entire sheet. Uh, when I compared Auburn to the other two seeds, that is the little pod right there that I wouldn't want to play. And if Auburn does end up getting Miami like you think, Miami can hit shots. They're a good offensive team, backcourt driven. They're going to make some threes. Now, do I think they Auburn definitely matches up with their front court a lot better? Auburn, I think, definitely can win the battle in the paint. And I don't think Auburn's going to have too big of an issue from from an uh, from an attacking downhill standpoint with Auburn's guards, I don't think Miami's going to do a whole lot to be able to make Auburn's guards uncomfortable. So I like Auburn a lot against Miami, but Miami can hit some shots too, though. And we all know what that can look like in March when a team starts hitting threes, when a team start when a team starts doing what they do well on the offensive side of the floor and what guard play can do. All of a sudden, you got a team going on a run a little bit. But out, out, out of that bracket right there, I think Miami's the team where I'm like, yes, Auburn, you know moving beyond the the obviously the first round matchup against Jacksonville State I like Auburn against Miami a heck of a lot more than I like Auburn against USC and then when I compare that to all the other you know 7-10 matchups that Auburn could have been paired up against um, I definitely am a little bit more intimidated by USC than maybe any of the other 7-10 opponents that Auburn could have played.
And there's no doubt. I think I think Auburn should be worried if they have to play USC. And you you said it right. They rebound better than almost any team in the country USC does. And we've seen Auburn get blown out on the boards by 20-plus against teams they shouldn't be out-rebounded by. And USC would have a field day rebounding the basketball. They don't shoot particularly well, but when you get two and three chances per possession, you end up making some shots. And I think USC would take advantage of Auburn in that category. If Auburn plays Miami, though, I like the Tigers to beat the Hurricanes easily in round 32. Let's take a break. We'll come back and keep discussing the NCAA tournament. You're listening to On the Line. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins and Noah Gardner with you on the Tuesday edition of the show. Just a few more minutes before we head to the 2.30 break. We'll be back at 2, right after 2.30, of course. If you want to call in and give us your opinion on anything going on, ask us a question, break down the bracket, whatever you want to talk about in the sporting world. If you're a Braves fan and upset about Freddie Freeman Real talk, they probably did something smart there with Olsen. But I also understand being incredibly upset about the Freddie Freeman situation. Because let me qualify this for you real quick. My number one option would have been bring Freddie back. If for some reason that's impossible, then they did a really smart thing. They did. And if you're a Braves fan, you want to call in and give your opinion about that situation, we want to hear from you. 334-321-1390 or toll-free at 888-382-7502. I also saw like a hit chart for him like on what he did this past year and where all of his home runs are hit. He's going to love it in Atlanta. And he sends a lot of stuff over that right field wall. And that right field, that right field wall is shorter and truest than it is uh at at other locations and so i think he's gonna have a fun time like you said i think it's gonna work out for him i agree i i think look obviously atlanta wanted to bring freddie freeman back okay they wanted to bring freeman back all of the fans wanted freddie freeman to come back and be an atlanta brave he was the best player on the team last year they wanted him to come back but at the end of the day he wanted too much money and people were trying to compare Freddie Freeman to Chipper Jones and I think that's a that's a bad comparison because Chipper Jones took less money to come back Freeman wanted to get paid and there's nothing wrong with wanting to get paid because the guy is good he's a franchise player at first base but he didn't want to he obviously did not want to be in Atlanta bad enough to take the pay cut and so they couldn't come to an agreement and so the Braves bring in Olsen who is younger more athletic and is cheaper than Freddie Freeman. So I think the Braves, they 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 saw the writing on the wall, and they said, all right, we can't get Freddie Freeman, so let's bring in this other guy who's younger, cheaper, and might possibly be better. I think the Braves, it worked out perfectly. I think this is definitely, like I said, it's a smart move for the Braves. It's allowing them to turn the page a little bit. And then, of course, there's all this stuff going on in the NFL today about Deshaun Watson. Man, a lot of teams interested, but are other people just uncomfortable with that whole situation right like if he became your quarterback like are you uncomfortable well here's the thing like if he if he becomes your quarterback there's no guarantee of how long he's actually going to be your quarterback because there's still the nfl suspends him exactly there's still there's still punishments that can be put down my team is my team is one of the teams in the mix the cleveland browns were reportedly meeting with him today and i'll be honest i would rather baker mayfield be in cleveland i would 
well, my team's not in the running for him because my boy Aaron Rodgers is coming back, so we ain't got to worry about Deshaun Watson. No, I would rather have Aaron Rodgers in Cleveland than Baker Mayfield, but that didn't work out now, did it? <laughs> Aaron Rodgers wanted to stay all along, so I don't, I don't blame him whatsoever. I don't blame him whatsoever. But there is some interesting things. I mean, Adam Schefter, Trevor came in all excited today. He switched from being a Steelers fan back to being a Falcons fan. Uh, you in the most, just like that in, huh? in the most atlanta falcon fashion okay he's all of a sudden yeah my team's in the mix for deshaun watson <laughs> he's all happy and everything it's oh, like get but out of just here. yesterday y'all were talking about who's our the pittsburgh steelers and and talking about mitchell trubisky and i'm like okay so he's in true atlanta fairweather fashion he is back but let's say this if mitch trubisky is signed on as my quarterback i may ditch my team too man i don't want mitch <laughs> trubisky as my quarterback He's I, awful. I, think, I think there is some stuff there to work with. He no. obviously, dude, he had a good year. Which he had one good year with Chicago. I understand that it was just one good year. But if you had one good year, there's something there, and I do think there are some tools there or to work with. Was it a fluke? Uh, do you think he's better than Mason Rudolph? Mm. Uh, Trevor said that instantly. He thinks he yes. I don't know. I'd have to see more, honestly, of Mason Rudolph. Honestly, I think he's definitely with his ability to run the football. He's he's more versatile than Rudolph Mason Rudolph. Can run the football. No, he can. I bet he could. I, he, Trubisky's bad. Trubisky is bad. Mason Nobody, Rudolph is bad. Yeah, well. It, the problem is if the Steelers, that's the best thing it can get is Mitch Trubisky, then they just gave up anyway on their season. I don't know, man. I think like Trubisky could still win seven or eight games with the Steelers. More because of Mike Tomlin and his ability yes. to manage these situations. Okay, because of his head coach being Mike Tomlin, But they talk have about a going to a team that has survived without – yep, see, as, as he brings up Deontay Brown and Chase Claypool – um the receivers you talk about the running back situation with Najee Harris um the defense that they have he's going to an attractive situation for a quarterback looking to reboot his career it's not like he's going to Jacksonville looking to reboot his career right or the Houston Texans or he's not going to a quarterback graveyard right now where those teams are just so desperate that they'll take anybody right it's not like that he's going to a place that maybe does have a little bit of des- desperation to bring in a quarterback because of their situation but he is going to a place that has talent around him to help him be better and succeed this may be the most attractive location for a quarterback to go and reboot their career other than the indianapolis colts that's a fair point i i can i can get behind that i i can agree with that i i just think if you're the steelers but like, you could have got jimmy garoppolo exactly and you could have done much better than mitchell trubisky yes other, you could have i do not guys, disagree exactly yes. there's other guys supposedly matt ryan's gonna be on the trade market soon because yeah. of deshaun watson to uh, atlanta according to trevor he's like get him out of here i think matt ryan would be a phenomenal addition to the pittsburgh steelers could be all of a sudden playoffs again and now and now he's back being a steelers fan if that happens yeah <laughs> trevor pick your team man stick with it so i stuck with the packers through it all you got to do the same let's take a break here on the line we'll come back in just a few minutes You're on the line on here on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins and Noah Gardner with you today. 2.33 is the time. March 15th is the day. The first four will begin tonight up in Dayton, Ohio for the NCAA tournament. Two games tonight and two games tomorrow. And then we will be underway on Thursday for the NCAA tournament. We've been previewing it. For the first 30 minutes, we will continue to break down 
all of the different matchups, who we think the upsets, where they're going to come from, all of the different things going on around the NCAA tournament. But first, I want to introduce you to Auburn Network's brand new station. Our new station of Auburn Network is Tiger Country 104.5. The Auburn Network family of stations has grown. And please help us welcome our new baby brother station, Tiger Country 104.5. When you're in the mood for some country music, real country music as it was meant to be, check out the all-new Tiger Country 104.5 for the best country music ever made, period. Some... Songs range from the late 60s to early 2000s, but the heart and soul of Tiger Country is found in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Our massive 550-song library is like no other you'll find anywhere. Not streaming, not satellite, and certainly not on your radio dial. Nobody will offer you a playlist like this where you won't hear the same old songs over and over. Give it a try next time you're in the mood. Real country, true country, Tiger Country, 104.5. So make sure you tune into that. But now we have a guest on our show, Jeremy Law of Radio Alabama Sports. Jeremy, welcome in. What's going on, guys? How are y'all doing? We're doing real well. You doing okay? Yeah, man, doing okay. Might might have to tune in to Tiger Country. Yeah, absolutely. Make sure you do that. Just went live last week, so make sure you tune into that. So, Jeremy, let's break it down, man. Alabama in the NCAA tournament. They are the sixth seed in the western part of the bracket. They will play the 11 seed play-in game winner of Rutgers and Notre Dame. Your initial thoughts of Alabama's matchup? Yeah, this is what happens when you lose three in a row in the year. Um, you could have been in a better bracket. You could have been in an easier bracket. But, I mean, if even if you win the play-in game, you see Texas Tech later on. You see Duke later on. You see what, Arkansas and or Gonzaga. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's a tough one to be in. But you're in the bracket with the number one overall seed, um, in, in America, but you got to take care of business. I think they travel out today, long road trip headed out to the West Coast to, to San Diego. So we'll see how Alabama plays. Nate Oates has been saying the last couple of days he sees a newfound sense of urgency for this team. Obviously, it's do or die time. You've lost three in a row. If you make it four, you're going home. Your days are done. So I hope he has seen a newfound sense of urgency. I hope. He has seen the team have an extra level of intensity at practice, but I'm not going to believe it, guys, until I see it on the floor. Jeremy, talking about Alabama's potential matchup, Rutgers or Notre Dame, which team would you rather see in that first-round matchup coming out of the first four? Yeah, you know, the Rutgers can play a style of ball where you know they can slow the game down, make you grind it out. Um, you know, and, and Notre Dame is good coach winning pedigree you just don't know what you're going to get in play-in teams Alabama called a play-in team last year in the Sweet 16 and ended up being UCLA um, to the final four so you just really don't know um, what you're going to get it's a toss-up between these two schools if you're Alabama I, I just think I really do think this it's about going out and playing your best basketball because you're you're better you're better than the the last three teams you're supposed to be better let's say it this way you're supposed to be better than the last three teams that beat that beat you in this three-game losing streak. You have more talent than Texas A&M. You're probably better than Texas A&M. If you look from a whole year grand scheme look at it, you're probably better than LSU. And you're, you're better than Vanderbilt, or at least your roster is supposed to be built better than Vanderbilt. So what Alabama's got to do, they got to shoot the ball well, but they have to be playing their best basketball. They can't come out in a lackadaisical 
defensive performance. They got to stay focused. They're a mentally weak team. We've seen. I told you guys that they lost to Texas A&M. That this is going to snowball at the end of the year. Well, it snowballed to two more losses. Hopefully, this week long reset can get Alabama ready for the first first round. But you, you don't need to look ahead to what lies ahead of that game, and which I don't have the bracket in front of me. I'm pretty sure it would be Texas Tech in the round of 32. That is correct. Yeah, that is correct. And that's what I wanted to ask you was, with Alabama's draw in the tournament, you mentioned it, how they have some of the toughest matchups in all the tournament. They Gonzaga's in their bracket, Texas Tech, and Duke also in their bracket. And, of course, like you said, if Alabama wins the first round, they will more than likely be playing Texas Tech in the second round. So I want to ask you this. What is a realistic expectation for this Alabama basketball team in the NCAA tournament when it comes to winning games? I think win one. That sounds so miserable and poor for what this team started off as this year in non-conference play. And really, the beginning of conference play with win, a win over Tennessee, beat Florida on the road by, I think, 13, 83-70 or something along those lines. Um, but just saying that this team should win one game, and it's and it's because it is because of the last three games that they've played on the floors, which is why they probably won't have a chance to get out of the round of 32. Unless they've beaten teams like Texas Tech this year, they've already beaten Gonzaga. The game was on ESPNU earlier. They if they play lights out, they can play with Duke. They can beat Duke. We've seen it happen, but it hasn't really been that way in the last month or so yeah they competed with Arkansas Arkansas just got their doors blown off by Texas A&M as well Um, you know they played well against some teams down the stretch but in the last month month and a half this doesn't look like the same team that beat Gonzaga Houston I know they beat Baylor after coming off a horrible performance on the road at Georgia so maybe they can get back into that this team has always played good basketball when they're playing good teams. I'm not saying they can't beat a Texas Tech, but um, they're going to have to play at a much, much, much higher level than they did for 90% of conference play to to beat Texas Tech and move on to the Sweet 16. But I think Nate Oates knows that if he can get his team ready and if his team is playing up to their highest standards that they can play to, that they can be a sweet – that they could be a Sweet 16 Elite Eight team I think the key for the team is can they play to that level, and lately that's just not been the case. What is the key to unlocking that level of play that we saw two months ago from the Alabama Crimson Tide? Well, it's really fun to play basketball when you're when you're making shots, but also you go down Alabama's um, schedule this year and you look at the losses. They give up 80, they lose. And really if they give up about 75, they lose. But they just – just they haven't had timely buckets down the stretch in a lot of games this year in conference play. Let's keep this to conference play. They haven't been, they've had tons of five to six minute scoreless streaks, and you can't do that and not play great defense. So for Alabama, you, you want to give up less than 75. Everybody would love to, I get it, but if you give up 80, Alabama's chances of losing skyrocket probably along with the rest of college basketball but look up and down their schedule look at their losses they're giving up 75 to 80 points in those losses they I mean they gave up 80 something to georgia they lose that game i think 83 78 or something along something like that but if they don't if they're not making shots they got to play good defense but they the defensive energy last year for nato's team really came when they're making shots teams have to inbound the ball play your full court pressure 
and just run and gun and have fun. But it's tough to have fun when you're 10 for 37 from three. And I loved your show last week, Noah. I listened to your show Friday while I was sick in the bed with a stomach bug. And you said that Auburn, it looked like Alabama <laughs> dressed up in Auburn jerseys and played for Auburn against Texas A&M. I watched the whole game. I was thinking the exact same thing. Like, when are these guys going to stop shooting threes? I've thought that about Alabama since the start of January. When are they going to stop shooting threes? Eventually, you have to say, at at, at this rate, we're a 30% three-point shooting team or lower. Yeah, we could have a game where we get scorching hot, but this is not going to be our best path to victory on an average night. On the, on the typical night for this team, shooting 37 threes is not going to be the path to victory. And we'll see if something changes for Alabama. And listen, they could go John Petty flamethrower mode in the first two rounds of this tournament and win two games. That is not past this team. They could win three games if that happens. But on a, for the typical night for this team, that's not going to be the case. So let, I'm, try, I'm really intrigued to see what um, you know adjustments NATO makes with this team. But quite frankly, sure, you haven't seen any. So if they do, I would honestly be surprised. Talking to Jeremy Law of Radio Alabama Sports. Jeremy, outside of Alabama in the NCAA tournament, who's one team that you've got your eye on to either make a run or to win it all? Yeah, you know, I've, I've people – so there's a lot of there's still a lot of super seniors playing. There's a lot of teams that looked really bad on the road this year because they didn't really have a road environment last year. Um, so I think this could be a really surprising tournament where a team that like Texas Tech that's not one of the top two seeds could surprise you. Um, but you know your 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 Kansas and Kentucky and your Auburn and and your Baylor and your Duke. Like I I feel like those teams who did a lot of winning in the regular season, could put um, some runs together here late because they, I mean, they're there for a reason. Um, you know, I don't really have a surprise team. I think there could be tons of surprise teams. You know, Iowa was probably playing the best basketball overall in the Big Ten um, towards the end of, end of the year. But, you know, I, I, I think Kentucky can get much better. Tennessee would not be surprised if they kept winning in this tournament. It's it's tough for me to say Auburn only because I think would would they finish five and four in their last nine I think that's what it was but would not be surprised if they got hot and went on a run and really focused on Jabari and Kessler but what Bill Self did this year again with Kansas is impressive so I, I, I you could see a blue blood take it home this year. Speaking with Jeremy Law of Radio Alabama Sports, Jeremy Alabama spring practice getting going. What is the major storyline with Alabama football? Yeah, I, I think a lot of people have their eye on that Alabama offensive line and a lot of beat writers tweeting out what Nick Saban said last week and it gave you the options at left tackle or at tackle on both sides. And, and quite frankly, it's the same group of guys as last year's because I think a few of the freshmen, the incoming freshmen, aren't on campus yet. And it kind of left you scratching your head a little bit. Like we, we saw what Alabama had at tackle last year. Like he mentioned Damian George and Kendall Randolph. Damian George, I, how many rosters in the SEC could he start on? I don't think there's any. Um, Eric Wolford has his hands full with what he's going to do at tackle this year. I really think that like um, guys like Pritchett and Booker are going to have chan- a chance to start at tackle this year. But you also have Tommy Brockermeyer and J.C. Latham, and we talked about it all last year. We a lot of Alabama, a lot of people around the Alabama program thought that if J.C. Latham went out and started at right tackle against Miami, that that Alabama offensive line 
would have been just astronomically better by the time you got um, to the to game 12 in the Iron Bowl, and you would not have seen the struggles that Alabama was having. If, if a guy that has his potential with his ceiling would have had the opportunity to play um, all year, that the line would have been much better. So, listen, that's why Eric Wolford retired. He is going to be in charge of the best five guys, not the guy who – Maybe not even the guy who was best at the beginning of the year, but the guys who have the best potential to give Alabama a chance to win a national championship at the end of the year. I think that's what a lot of people are looking at uh, from this Alabama offensive line. They even mentioned Cohen potentially at tackle. I'm, I think he's more of a guard at the college level. thought he did a good job last year. They're also going to have to find something to do at center because I thought Seth McLaughlin played well at, at center at the end of the year, much better than Dow Court and Chris Owens played all year. Um, can he be one of those finesse guys at center? Not the biggest, not the strongest, but the guy that can play, you know, with with the thing in between his ears and use his brain to to manipulate defenses at center the way that uh, Barrett Jones um, kind of did for Alabama or or Vallejo, some of those guys. So maybe not the most physically dominant, but can he? If he can get the job done at center, they at least have their center point ready and they can work out from there. Another storyline receiver, I know Ja'Cory Brooks out for the spring, can give some time for some younger guys to step up. Um, maybe a Jai Hall can step up. Uh, and also what Nick Saban said, I think is either this week or late last week when practice started, that Joe Cox, man, the, the reason why he is tight ends only is because of how bad Drew Vada was last year at coaching tight ends and how poor the tight end play overall was last year. I know Cam Latu had some shining moments last year for that Alabama um, offense, but overall tight end play was almost just as bad as Alabama right side of the offensive line play, and that had to get fixed. And I also think Eli Ricks is the answer for Alabama in the secondary. Um, a lot of people still feel like if Josh Joe was healthy, Alabama and they would even say no Jamison Williams. If Josh Job is healthy against Georgia, they'd still have a chance to win that game, and it wouldn't have gotten away from them in the fourth quarter with the long ball. So a lot of storylines around the Alabama football team, but I know their Alabama fans are excited and eager and ready to see the product that they put on the field for A-Day in a couple weeks. Jeremy Law, we appreciate your time today, man. I hope you're doing well and enjoy the rest of the week. Thanks, guys. Take care. That was Jeremy Law of Radio Alabama Sports breaking down Alabama in the NCAA tournament and the storylines for Alabama football as spring practice gets underway. Let's take a break. We'll come back and wrap up hour number one. You're listening to On the Line. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins and Noah Gardner with you on the Tuesday edition of the show. Just a few more minutes before we get out of here for hour number one. But, of course, stick around for hour number two. We're going to continue to break down the NCAA tournament. Also talk about some more baseball news around Major League Baseball as teams and and players are just moving all over the place. But, of course, the news of the day breaking down the NCAA tournament bracket. We just got off the phone with Jeremy Law of Radio Alabama Sports. He broke down Alabama's trek through the NCAA tournament and what they're going to have to do if they want to be successful but if you've missed any of our number one just search on the line wherever you get your podcast immediately following the show it'll be uploaded wherever you get 
your podcast. Noah, what do you think of Jeremy's breakdown of Alabama? Of course, they have a, a pretty tough draw in their bracket. They have to play one of the play-in teams. Then they would have to play Texas Tech. And after that, more than likely, Duke and then Gonzaga if they wanted to make any kind of a run in their bracket. We think a lot alike. I think most Alabama fans believe the expectations win one in the NCAA tournament, but it's an important one to win, I think. If this squad finishes 19-14, and 14, loses their first game of the SEC tournament, loses their first game of the NCAA tournament, doesn't do anything, this year will be categorized as a disappointment. I think the year's already categorized as a disappointment, but it can be redeemed. Redeemed? I, I, I don't know. I think if Alabama loses in the very first round of the NCAA tournament – I would put this season down as a failure with the amount 100%. of talent I'm that saying they if, had. I'm saying if Alabama – I'm saying right now I think the year has already been categorized as a disappointment when you look at the preseason expectations. There was a lot of people saying this is a Final Four team. They were in top ten preseason. Do you remember that? I mean, you're, Joe Lenardi in his very exactly. first very first bracketology had Alabama as a one seed. Exactly. So there was a lot of excitement about this Alabama team this year. It's already been a disappointment. But the NCAA tournament can redeem a bad year, can redeem a disappointing year by just making it to an Elite Eight – or, or maybe they do go on that Final Four run, right? Maybe maybe Alabama's that Cinderella team or that sleeper team, and I don't think that they are. I'm just saying that the NCAA tournament, if you go farther than what you're expected, people aren't going to remember how you finish. That's and true. if you make the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight, as opposed to losing in the round of 32 to Texas Tech, I think if they make it to the round of 32 and lose to Texas Tech, they won 20 games this year, back-to-back NCAA tournament appearances, everybody's going to be like, yep, that's about what we expected to happen in this NCAA tournament they lose in the first round people are going to be mad and if they go beyond the second round pull an upset along the way people are going to think that the season was redeemed and they're gonna be like yeah they did pretty well this year this was a great year and I think if they go on and they get an upset against Texas Tech in the second round and then whatever they do from there Alabama fans would have to be pretty happy but at the same time they would think where was this play all season long and but you're right when you get to the NCAA tournament the regular season doesn't matter it doesn't matter how you played who you beat who you lost to it matters how you play right now in these few weeks. And it, Alabama is kind of in the same situation as Auburn. Not in how they play, but these two teams have been playing the exact same way for over a month now and have not changed the way they've played and the way they've tried to win and lose ball games. And I think you're going to see the exact same teams, whether it's Alabama or Auburn, in the NCAA tournament, you're going to see the exact same team that's been playing over the past month or month and a half. I don't see these two teams becoming something completely different just because it's the tournament and just because they're playing somebody outside of the SEC. Sure, they may get some wins. Auburn will probably go farther than Bama, but Alabama also has a much harder path, of course, being a lower seed. But at the end of the day, I just don't see either one of these teams, Alabama or Auburn, changing the way they play, fixing their problems immediately because I think they're too big to overcome and they have not done anything. I've been saying it. I sound like a broken record, but it's true. Both of these teams have not done anything to sway my opinion of them because they haven't changed any of their problems and it's not just going to magically happen this week. And I think Alabama's got a really difficult test. I said this yesterday as far as matchups are concerned. I'm not super confident in Alabama against either of those teams for different reasons. Those two teams being Rutgers and Notre Dame. I'll just Rutgers first. They slow you down. They're going to play good defense. They've beaten some really good teams in the Big Ten over the last month. So occasionally when their offense does come to play, they do have the ability to outshoot somebody. They got some really 
beefy players. Look at Ron Harper. Look at Cliff Moriui. I, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. He was an ex-Auburn recruit. He was a he was a heavy Auburn target. Decided it, it came down to Auburn Rutgers, and he chose Rutgers. That was a couple of years ago. I remember that uh, four-star player. I mean, they got some beef in the front court. They got some beef uh, all the way down to their back court. It's a big defensive, physical basketball team. I mean, it's Big Ten basketball, and they can finest. make shots. They can. Um, and they play well in that half-court style, which Alabama does not, when people, people slow them down and play strong defense. So if, it's all about style of play winning out right there. And if Rutgers ends up making it to that point, Rutgers seems to maybe have a little bit more of an identity right now than Alabama does, even at this, even at this late in the season. And if you get Notre Dame, Notre Dame shoots the three so well. Alabama does not defend the three well. And likewise, if that turns into a three-point contest of who can hit open three-pointers, I'm going to go with the team that shoots 38% from three, and that's Notre Dame, not the team that shoots 29% from three, and that's Alabama. I don't like Alabama's chances in this tournament to win a single game. They might, but nothing past that. That's going to do it for hour number one. Here on the line, we'll come back, and we'll begin with hour number two. On the line, live on ESPN, 106.7 in Auburn and Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. Online on Fox Sports, 983.com and ESPNAU.com. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central, Alabama. Jacob Goins and Noah Gardner with you today on the Tuesday edition of the show. Someone ring the bell. I just threw away my first bracket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was tough to watch. I asked you how it was going. You said not very well. And three seconds later, folks, he crumbled it up and he he shot it like an Alabama player and it missed. <laughs> I really missed bad. twice because we missed got the twice. offensive rebound, which does happen. And then yeah. they kicked it back out and I missed another one. But and missed it again. Yeah. No more offensive rebounds for me. I'll yeah. tell you, I, I like my first bracket. The second bracket was the one that I was on and I threw away that one. That's the first bracket that I've started on and trashed because I didn't like what was going on. Okay. Yeah. I <laughs> when the when the brackets first came out Sunday night, I filled out my my first look bracket. That's what I called it. And I don't like it because I got done and you know what I realized? My final four is every single one seed. <laughs> and I was like, well, that can't happen. Statistically, Jacob, only 41% of one seeds will make the final four. So your best bet would be having two one seeds in the final four. Well, in my in my two real brackets, I do. In both of them, I have two one seeds in the, in the final four. So here is my sleeper team for the entire tournament oh we're getting right into it huh here is my sleeper team for the entire tournament i alluded to this at the beginning of the show you've stayed with us an hour here we go sleeper team for the entire tournament people are hating on my houston cougars okay the houston cougars are my sleeper team for the entire tournament they got to get through the uab blazers don't believe it (laughs) that is the sexy upset pick right now no look people forgot houston's a good basketball team statistically they're one of the most impressive teams in the entire tournament now there are some folks out there screaming they ain't played nobody paul who have they played fair they re- they have not played a difficult schedule they haven't but who's uab played 
UAB's claim to fame this year is that they lost by three to South Carolina in non-conference play. Other than that, they were a top three. They weren't even the number one team in the Conference USA. I know that they won the Conference USA championship game, but it's not like it wasn't without a struggle or anything like that. I know it's college basketball season and whatnot, but playing UAB here is just like Houston playing SMU or just like Houston playing someone else from the top four of their own conference, maybe even below that. And and I'm not trying to disrespect UAB. I'm really excited that the Blazers are back in the tournament, and I know that that's trended as a sexy upset because of tournament history and whatnot, and Andy Kennedy and the fact that this is in the state of Alabama and whatnot. But seriously, though, outside of the state of Alabama, how many people out there are like, yeah, UAB is going to beat Houston here? Um, and, and Houston, a 29-win team. Don't forget, there's a lot of players on this team that have NCAA tournament experience that saw them to a Final Four last year. They know how to win in this time of year. They've got a great coach and Coach Sampson. They play incredibly strong defense. Their defense is going to help them pass UAB in that first round game. Then they'll have either Illinois or Chattanooga, and I like their odds against either of those two opponents. And then it comes down to more than likely playing Arizona in the Sweet 16. Arizona Houston feels like the you know that 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 the winner of that game could go to the Final Four. That that's what that's the vibe that I get out of that matchup. And I and I think at the end of the day, breaking that down, I like Houston's defense against Arizona even though a lot of people love that Arizona offense I think this Houston team is is incredibly sound from top to bottom in the way that they play the game of basketball very high two-point percentage team they defend so well they rebound really really well they claim like 80 percent of their defensive rebound opportunities which is extremely high they claim like 37 percent of their offensive rebound opportunities they get on the glass they force turnovers 20 percent nearly 20 percent of their opponents plays result in a turnover nearly one-fifth of their opponents plays result in a turnover what yeah, that's that's crazy, and we we appreciate everybody tuning in to our number two here on the line. If you have anything you want to talk about, ask us a question, break down the bracket, give us a call here on the line, 334-321-1390 or toll-free at 888-382-7502. And look, I'm going to break that down for you, man. I've got two legit brackets, okay? In one bracket, I have UAB beating Houston, but then I also have them beating Chattanooga. In the second round, I have Chattanooga beating Illinois in both brackets. I love that game. I love Chattanooga. The Chattanooga mocks. Thank you. Chattanooga. (laughs) I like UAB beating Chattanooga to get to the Sweet 16 and lose to Arizona. That's my research bracket. That's the one breaking down the numbers, looking at it. I like UAB. Now, in my other bracket, okay, I'm going with everything that you just talked about. I have Houston going all the way to the Elite Eight and losing to Villanova. That's fair. That can happen. I like Houston. When you break it, when you look at it, you got to look at it two different ways, right? The one bracket I looked at, I looked at the numbers. I looked at how they matched up. I looked at the numbers. And originally, I picked UAB to go to the Sweet 16, okay? But when you break it down and you look at it just, who do I think is going to win this game? Yeah, it's Houston. I like Houston to beat Chattanooga in the second round and get to the Sweet 16 and beat Arizona and then lose to Villanova in the Elite Eight. I really like Villanova out of that bracket. I think it's either going to be Arizona or Villanova to come out of there. Don't from sleep that on bracket. the Ramblers, man. Don't sleep on Loyola Chicago to maybe – which two seats? So statistically speaking, okay, and I love this approach. It's very difficult to do this, but I love this approach. All right, Only – uh, only three out of four two seeds, statistically speaking, will make it to the to the Sweet Sixteen. 
about 63% make it uh, over tournament history. About 63% of two seeds make it to the Sweet 16. So that means you got to you got to knock off one two seed out of this tournament before the Sweet 16. Who is it? And tell me why it's Auburn. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, realistically, it I mean, is. Trevor spit out his drink, man. He didn't expect that. <laughs> I think it could be Villanova. No, um, I, no. I, and my reasoning for that is I think Loyola is another one of those teams that plays a very specific brand of basketball. They execute it well. It's independent of their opposition. They may not be the most gifted athletically. We know that, but they shoot the three ball well. They get good looks for themselves. If they're knocking down shots, they're an incredibly difficult team to defend because they make you work to defend them. Uh, once again, they're not incredibly talented. I just think that they make you work to defend them, and then they play strong defense too. So I'm kind of interested to see if maybe Loyola could catch Villanova on a bad night because we know this. Villanova's a lot like Tennessee in that some nights their offense just disappears, and when it does, they get beat, right? They have seven losses for a reason. I wouldn't be shocked if Loyola Chicago pulled that upset and knocked off Villanova. Well, Loyola and Ohio State, that's a 50-50 game. I've got one in each bracket. The research – my research says Ohio State the gut says Loyola but I'm not really sure but was your question knocking off a two seed you have to take out a two seed before the sweet 16 someone only three of the four two seeds make the sweet 16 who is it statistically speaking once again I've got tournament history on this and you break down how many of each seed line advance to each round of the tournament statistically speaking 63.2 percent of two seeds all time have reached the sweet 16 meaning three out of four make the sweet 16 on a year-to-year basis now that's not always true some years it'll be all four some years it may be less than that some years it may only be two right but on average three out of four two seeds make it to the sweet 16 every year so which three is that in a bracket that's kind of a fun way to approach filling out a bracket is looking at the tournament history and seeing what the odds are for each seed to advance to each round and you have to pull you can only put that many teams to each round it really puts some constraints on you you're gonna not like that bracket you're gonna do what i did and just chuck it in the trash because you're gonna hate it Um, you chucked it at the trash you didn't make it fair uh i got the offensive rebound though it's going to or trevor got the offensive rebound kicked it back out and then i airballed again um at the end of the day you break it down like you're going to hate some of those picks because you're having to make decisions that you don't really want to make at the end of the day. But when you look at how the NCAA tournament goes and there's a reason why these numbers exist, upsets happen. It comes down to can you pick the right ones and who's going to end up going on those runs at the end of the day. By the end of the tournament, the best seeds are the ones that are still around. But before all that, there is a mangled mess of uh, of stuff going on. And every single one of our brackets is like that meme from The Simpsons of Officer Williams' kid sitting in the back of the bus saying, ha, ha, I'm in danger. <laughs> That's every single one of our brackets, okay? Well, we know that. Well, there's a reason. You, I mean, you have to make picks that you don't like because there's a reason a perfect bracket has never been done because it's nearly impossible, and that's because people pick the games that they want. They pick the matchup that they think is going to happen, but you've got to be able to go into it and pick some games where even if you think – there's no way that Gonzaga loses to Memphis in the second round, right? But somebody's got to pick it because what if it happens, right? And so that's what makes this tournament so much fun. That's what making that's what makes filling out brackets so much fun. And to answer your question, man, if I had to knock off a two seed before the Sweet 16, look, I'm gonna be really honest. My bracket has all of them in the Sweet er, in the Sweet 16, but the one that I would have to knock off. I hate to say it. It's got to be Auburn. It would be Auburn. Auburn would be the two seed if I had By to who? choose one. Who would who would who would put them out? USC. Yeah. 
it would be USC in the second round to beat Auburn. If I had to choose a two seed what my brain says in well. the NCAA tournament to lose before the Sweet 16, to lose in the second round, because none of the two seeds are going to lose in the first round. Let's just go ahead and knock that out. So a two yeah, seed Statistically to lose, speaking, that is not uh, a good yeah, bet. That's happened, what, like three <laughs> times or something? So, yeah, it, it would be, man. And I hate to say it because obviously we're an Auburn station. I'm an Auburn student. We're Auburn fans. We want Auburn to be good. I'm an and Auburn go graduate. Exactly. You're an Auburn graduate. And we want Auburn to be good and make a huge run but in this being tournament. Objective about being this. objective and being realistic about this it would be man it would be auburn to lose in the second round and it would be to lose to usc i think duke will advance with ease out of their pod over a michigan state or at davidson i think that kentucky will advance with ease against whoever they end up playing whether it be murray state or san francisco when you compare murray state and san francisco to kentucky and michigan state and davidson to duke they're just they're in different realms they're in different ballparks i think and then when you look at villanova's bracket Ohio State or Loyola could beat Villanova. I really do think Ohio State on their best day could beat a Villanova. I think Ohio State is a very difficult seven seed for a two seed to have in their area. I think Loyola Chicago is a very difficult ten seed for Villanova to have in their pot as well. Whoever comes out of that, Villanova's got a battle in the next round. Villanova would be the other team that I would look at that could lose early, especially if Villanova offensively doesn't play as efficient as they can and the same thing can be said about Auburn I think there's some similarities there between those two teams They're strong defensive clubs rebound pretty well they got a good front court presence but the problem is um, sometimes there's a propensity for their offense to lag a little bit behind their defensive play and when it does they get beat we've seen in the Villanova tournament history prior to these last two national championships they have gone home at times a little too early either either Villanova does really well or they do really bad in a tournament and I could see them being I could see them being sent home early by Loyola or Ohio State. Now with Auburn, I, USC is definitely the team that I that I've said should could be a problem for Auburn. But if Auburn gets Miami, I think they advance. But obviously, I think Auburn's going to beat Jacksonville State. USC is just the problem that I talked about back in the first segment about how well they defend the basketball, especially in the painted area. How well they rebound. How well they force turnovers. They do a lot of things well, like Auburn does. So it comes down to which team is going to get more out of their guards, which team's going to get more on the offensive end. And I'll be real, USC's a better shooting team than Auburn is, especially beyond the arc. And that could prove to be the difference is three-point shooting and how well USC shoots it compared to Auburn. And if Auburn's not hitting their threes in that game, now likewise, when Auburn hits their threes, they're a very difficult team to beat, right? Because they do all the other things so well. Three-point shooting is the big separating factor between Auburn and USC in that game. And it could be enough for USC to beat Auburn because of all the other things that they do well that both teams are going to kind of negate what each other likes to do so at the end of the day what's the separating factor and it could be one or two three-point jump shots that Auburn misses because they weren't taking good shots or they just weren't able to hit open shots and look I know that the stats say that three out of four two seeds make the sweet 16 that one typically gets knocked off but some years all four do exactly and and this year I think all four will make it just because don't, okay, don't we think that every year though not ne- not necessarily <laughs> not necessarily not necessarily i i think this year just because like you said when you break it down on the left side of the bracket i think duke will get by either michigan state or davidson easily i think kentucky will get through murray state or san francisco easily just like you said i agree on both of those points my friend i like villanova to beat either ohio state or loyola chicago i think nova 
plays a, a unique style of basketball where they can slow you down and play legit defense, but then at the same time, they can turn it up and score the basketball at will at times. And I just don't think Ohio State's that good. And Loyola's not that good. Neither one of those teams are great or, or good at times. And Ohio State's limping into this tournament. And so I like Villanova to win their second round game and get to the Sweet 16. And then for Auburn, it really is a toss-up because like you just broke down, if Auburn plays USC, it, it could get ugly. And it could be a very early exit for the Tigers. But... I like Miami to beat USC in the first round, and I like Auburn to beat Miami in the second round. I think Miami's a, a fantastic shooting team. They don't turn the ball over. USC turns the ball over a lot. They do not shoot the free throw well at all. I like Miami to beat USC in the first round and then Auburn to win in the second round. So I like all of the two seeds to make the Sweet 16. But then I have two of them losing in the Sweet 16. I have Duke and Kentucky on the left side losing their Sweet 16 matchups really? to Texas Tech and Purdue, respectively. Let's ratchet up the stakes a little bit then. Let's do it. What or, one well, seed does yeah. it make it to the Sweet 16? Because statistically Ooh. speaking, 85.4% of one seeds out of the four that we start with advance to the Sweet 16. When you multiply 85.4% times four, that means 3.4 one seeds on average make it to the Sweet 16. Well, as we all know, 3.4 of a team can't make it, or 3.4 of a uh, four seeds can't make it to the Sweet 16. If you round down from 3.4 instead of rounding up, that means only three of the of the four one seeds on average make it to the Sweet 16. Now, if it was 3.5, I'd round up, but with 3.4, I typically knock off a one seed. Just to get a little spicy in this bracket, you know, uh, th this definitely has a little bit more upsets early on. And once again, it, the, the constraints that you put on it, it's, it's fun to do. It's interesting to think about because the statistics don't lie. But a lot of times all one seeds do make it to the Sweet 16. That's why there's 3.4 there, right? But say that this is the year where a one seed goes down early before the Sweet 16. What one seed would lose in the round of 32? I think it's got to be one of the big 12s. I think it's got to be either Baylor or Kansas. And if I had to choose, I think I would choose Baylor just because they are injured a little bit. Yeah, they're still playing pretty good ball, but they've got some injury problems. They're not sure who their starting five is going to be. They do have those injury problems coming into the tournament. And their second round matchup is going to be either North Carolina or Marquette. You've got North Carolina from the ACC playing extremely well, hot basketball right now. Or you've got Marquette from the Big East who plays in one of the toughest conferences in college basketball. They play that high, ramped-up style of offense. I think either one of those teams – I have North Carolina winning that first game, by the way. What about Creighton, man? I mean, But, but yeah, what about again, Creighton and exactly, Kansas? At the same time – Or I San Diego could, State and Kansas. No, nah, it's going to be Creighton. But I can see – San Diego State's just not – they're not it. But Creighton can be a, a legitimate team. Again, a Big East school – and Kansas, we've seen at times, they have not been able to show up and play offensively or defensively. So if you have to pick a one seed to not make it to the Sweet 16, I know that's a double-sided answer, but I would pick one of the Big 12 schools, either Baylor or Kansas. I would choose Baylor before Kansas. Especially with the way that North Carolina's playing right now, assuming North Carolina gets past Marquette and the fact that we know how they recruit and the way that Baycott's playing right now and the way that all of these guys are playing I know that they lost to Virginia Tech. They ran into a hot bus saw right there at the end with Virginia Tech playing their way into the tournament. Texas A&M of the ACC, if you will, but they won their conference and was able to get in. Texas A&M still got robbed, rip. But um, I still look at 
the those two seeds right there I'm with you it's one of the big 12 seeds I think it's Baylor they're going to run into North Carolina North Carolina is playing a lot better now than they were but you know in the midpoint of ACC play they're dangerous they're better than an eight seed I, I was talking about them being a potential sleeper to go deep into the tournament deep for an eight seed would be a sweet 16 because they took out a one seed I could see North Carolina playing into the sweet 16 and maybe just maybe that program will be resurrected back from what Auburn did to them back in 2019 because they have not they've been down bad man <laughs> it, ain't, <laughs> it ain't happening I do I do want to make this point I do have Baylor winning that, you have all that one seeds in the sweet 16 I do I do what's well, once again 85.4 percent of one seeds make the sweet 16 that's not a bad bet but it's not I, a bad bet to have all one seeds in the sweet 16 but gosh, dude, statistically the, once again I do go back to if you want to get spicy most of the time, there are upsets happening well before you get to the Sweet 16. Man, I got to look at this again. Okay, so in my first bracket, my research bracket, and we can go to break and I'll break this down a little bit. Let's do that. Let's take a break and we'll come back and I'll break down my, my predictions for the one seeds going on in the NCAA tournament. You're listening to On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central, Alabama. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins and Noah Gardner with you today on the Tuesday edition of the show. Just a few more minutes before we head to the 3.30 national break. And Noah, you'd asked me about uh, the specific noise I made. I was looking at my bracket and we were breaking down the one seeds. And you asked me the question of which one seed would I choose to make it to not make it to the sweet 16 I said Baylor if I had to choose but then I was looking at my research bracket this is my like numbers bracket I have all one seeds in my elite eight on my first bracket but not in my second bracket okay I have in my my number one research bracket I do I have Gonzaga making the elite eight Baylor Arizona and Kansas all the one seeds to make the elite eight but in my second bracket I have Baylor getting beat in the Sweet 16 by none other than UCLA. And then I also have Houston beating Arizona in the Sweet 16 to make the Elite Eight. So not as bad over there on number two. But you gave me the stat during the break. 70% of the time, all one seeds make the Elite Eight. I wouldn't say 70. I wouldn't say all one seeds make the Elite Eight. Let me rephrase that. 70% of one seeds all time okay. have made okay. the Elite Eight. Okay. Meaning on average about three out of four are making the elite eight out of your bracket every year right and then you know you you keep going on half of that is the final four you know the only only 41 percent of of one seeds all time have made the final four um believe it or not those stats go up every time you go to the national championship game or when you're choosing your national champion but um you know the question that i asked you you know looking at this moving forward and trying to figure out who you who you think are going to win the national championship 64 percent of the time the nat 64 percent of our national champions all time have been one seeds and so my question to you is do you trust a one seed to win the national championship this year or the field one seed of the field if nearly if nearly 70 percent if, if nearly 70 percent of our uh, or excuse me nearly two-thirds of our national champions all time have been one seeds would you trust a one seed out of this year's national championship field would you choose a one seed out of this year's NCAA tournament field or would you choose the the field man that's a tough question and just looking at it of course your one seeds are Gonzaga Arizona Kansas and Baylor 
I don't see Baylor winning at all. I don't see Kansas winning at all. I think it hinges on Gonzaga Arizona winning at or all. Arizona. <laughs> and I have Arizona in my, my number one bracket. I do. I have Arizona. I said I didn't for a while, but then I broke down the numbers and I do. I have Arizona winning in my first don't bracket. Don't play nobody, Paul. But in my second bracket, I've got Auburn. And they're not a one seed. But how realistic is that? Let's just be honest. So... I'm going to take the field. I am. I'm going to take the field. The only one seed, I think Gonzaga or Arizona both have a chance to win it all as one seeds. I don't see Baylor or Kansas doing so. I think Kansas could do it if they if they start hitting some of their shots and they get out of this recent funk that they're in. I, they I, could. Think, I, think, I think Kansas at their best this year could win a national championship. But I don't think they're going to play their best. And I'm going to take the field over the one seeds to win the national championship i think this year may be the craziest year we see in the ncaa tournament i think we're going to see just teams winning upsets left and right i think teams are going to go down go fall it's going to be wild to see what happens and with how crazy it is this year and just how madness the 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 college basketball season has been throughout the regular season and conference tournaments i'm going to take the field over the one seeds to win a national championship. Let me ask you the same question, my friend. The one seeds to win the national title or the field? The field. There's more teams outside of the one line. Math. Like, (laughs) yeah, but that's true. I was still going in another direction with that. That's funny, though. There are more one seeds. There are more teams that are not a one seed. So statistically speaking, yeah, let's play that. But I'm saying... I, I actually think I like more teams out off the one line to win a national championship than I like the teams on the one line. I think Gonzaga's a, a bona fide national championship contender that very well could make it back, but I also think it's really difficult to make a national championship in back-to-back years. So what team in the um, field or what teams in the field are you looking at to make a national championship push? I think, can, I think Kentucky, if they can get past Purdue, is a Final Four team. Purdue's the kryptonite for them in their bracket. They get past Purdue. Nobody else in that in that entire region in the East, I think, is capable of matching up well with Kentucky. I think Kentucky's a Final Four team. Um, you know, and if you make it to the Final Four, you're in the national championship hunt. Just just being real, it's it's about what teams I think can make it the Final Four. Uh, I think Auburn's a national championship contender if they can get some games under the belt where they're shooting the basketball well. Once again, I think Auburn at their best. I've said this. Auburn at their best is capable of beating anybody in their bracket. I think Auburn's the best team in their bracket when they're playing well. Auburn's best is better than Kansas's best. Um, as far as the other two seeds, I mean, Duke because it's Duke, but I, I don't love how they're playing basketball right now with the disappointments that they've had on big stages against North Carolina at the end of the year and Coach K's send-off. And then um, you also break down the ACC championship game against Virginia Tech. I just have a feeling they're going to run into somebody in their own bracket that's much better than them at this point in the season, like a Gonzaga or a Texas Tech. Uh, I think Houston's a team that can go far, maybe not win the national championship, but I do think they're, they're a Final Four contender. Um, Arizona, obviously, they're a one seed, so I can't choose from them. Hmm. I think Kentucky and, and, and Purdue are two teams that I'm looking at out of the East right now that whoever wins that game I think has a really good shot of going to a national championship. And if you make it, you can win it. I agree. I, I think Kentucky could be that team. I think Purdue could also be that team. I, I dislike the entire right side of your bracket. I dislike the entire yeah. South and Midwest regions as far as national championship contenders. Right. I, a lot of my contenders are on the left side. A Gonzaga, Kentucky. I like Texas Purdue. Tech a lot. I like Texas Tech. I think they play that that 
beat you down, but we're also going to score on you brand of, of basketball. I like Texas Tech. I like them to beat Duke in the Sweet 16. I like them to beat Gonzaga in the Elite Eight. I, I like Texas Tech a lot in this tournament. Uh, Texas Tech, Kentucky, Arizona, I mean, I, I know they haven't played anybody, but they can just flat out score the rock. I want to see how they play. Um, I want to see how they play in the next couple of games just to see what they can do. If they, if, and they very well could get tripped up against Seton Hall or TCU in the second round. How, you know, how funny would that be? But other than that, I, I love Auburn, man, but I, I just can't, the way they're playing, I can't say that they're a legitimate national championship threat. If they somehow figure it out and find out and fix their problems, sure, absolutely, they can be a national championship threat. But the way they're playing right now, they're just not. I, I can't make that pick for Auburn. Let's head to the break. When we come back, we are going to continue to break down the NCAA tournament bracket. We'll give some of our sleeper upsets coming up in the first and second rounds. You're listening to On the Line. Welcome back in on the line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central, Alabama. Jacob Goins and Noah Gardner with you on the Tuesday edition of the show. Just 30 more minutes left on today's show. If you've missed any of it, just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. It'll be uploaded immediately following our show. Make sure you stick around at 4 o'clock for The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck. They'll be on from 4 to 6 to be talking about everything going on in the sporting world we've been breaking down the ncaa tournament bracket if you want to give us a call about anything on your mind please do so we want to hear from you 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502 if you're filling if you're filling out your brackets at home and you're thinking man i wonder if i could win win some money doing this well you can enter our basketball mayhem contest do you want to win a million dollars what i can win a million dollars can you believe it Noah? you can win one million dollars tell me how well, if you make the perfect bracket for our March Mayhem contest, I you can, can have, do that. Yeah, you can have the chance to do just that. Plus, you still have a chance to win something like a 55-inch smart TV just by filling out your bracket. That's an incredible security blanket. <laughs> if you have the best bracket in the Auburn Opelika area on our website through our contest you will win a 55 inch flat screen tv if you have a perfect bracket you'll win one million dollars to sign up go to espnau.com click on contest it's the basketball mayhem make sure you submit your bracket by thursday the contest will close by the tip off of the first game so make sure you get your bracket submitted our Our contest is sponsored by the Orthopedic Clinic, Pepsi, Buffalo Rock, and the 19th hole of Auburn. So make sure you get your bracket submitted for a chance to win a 55-inch flat-screen TV or $1 million. I'm waiting for someone to tell Dr. Evil that $1 million isn't that much anymore. That's just one tank of gas these days. Oh my gosh! You're right though. You're hey. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Hold on a second though. Would I rather have a tank of gas or a 50 inch TV? Because at the end of the day, the 50 inch TV is going to keep me at home. True. Not paying for gas, which ultimately saves me money in the long run. So look, it's a win-win. Either you get the million dollars or you get something that's going to save you money on gas. Let's be real. The TV is much more of a. it, It is a robust. 
investment. <laughs> exactly. You're exactly right. So make sure you fill out your bracket on ESPNAU.com. Click on Basketball Mayhem Contest. Fill out your bracket. Make sure you submit it before Thursday's first game. It will close by that point. Perfect bracket wins a million dollars, and the best bracket in the Auburn Opelika area will win a free 55-inch flat-screen TV. Noah, we've been breaking down the matchups going on in the NCAA tournament, and, man, I was looking at my research bracket. This is the one I did based off the numbers, and there's a, there's a matchup of – seed lines that i absolutely love in this tournament there's a couple games that i really love but the 13 and 4 matchup I it definitely feels more like your 12 fives typically like the the propensity for an upset to happen on 13 to 4 maybe it's just fool's gold but i definitely like some of the 13 4 upsets a little bit more than i like the 12 5 in my research bracket i have three out of the four 13s beating the four seeds i have yeah that may be a little too much it but, might but i have 13 seeded vermont over number four arkansas i have I like me some catamount basketball. Yeah. Those guys can play. I talked about that yesterday. Exactly. I do have number four UCLA beating 13 Akron. So that's the one that I do like the four seed to win that ball game. But the other two, South Dakota State, the 13 seed to beat number four Providence and 13 Chattanooga over number four Illinois. That is one of the games I absolutely love. I love Chattanooga to beat Illinois. I Tell love me why, because I'm not as hot on that one. And one of my brackets, I did pick it. Um, but I'm not as fired up about the mocks over the fighting Illini. And there's one player why. Kofi Coburn is a monster. He is a monster, but Chattanooga does the things that beat Illinois. They score, they're fast, and they can just flat out run. And I love Chattanooga in this ballgame. Illinois... Wasn't this team a buzzer beater away from not being in the tournament? Shh. Is it the mocks the one that uh, that hit that crazy, like lean into three that that splashed in from like the extended out left wing from beyond half court it may or may not be them i'm not sure <laughs> either way i like but they're here I like now. chattanooga they illinois and chattanooga they score the same amount of points a game okay but chattanooga shoots the ball better they shoot the three a lot better they shoot free throws better and yeah they they will probably get out rebounded in this game but I just like them to outrun Illinois. I like them to score the basketball. I like them to win this game. I could be completely wrong, but I like Chattanooga to beat Illinois. I love the 13s over four. Yeah, three out of four may be too much, but when you break it down, it very well could happen. And so let me ask you this question, Noah. Of the two matchups between 13s and four seeds, which one is more likely to happen? 13 Vermont to beat number four Arkansas or number 13 South Dakota State to beat number four Providence, and why? I was asking myself that during the break, so this is impeccable timing. Wink, wink. I like Vermont to beat Arkansas maybe a little bit more than South South Dakota State to beat Providence. Looking at the overall body of work, neither of these teams schedule-wise have challenged themselves too much, but you look at what these two teams are doing down the stretch let me enlighten you to the Vermont Catamounts and what they did in their conference tournament or what they've done over the last couple of games. Okay, These are the last four games. This is what they've done in the month of March. They beat Maine on the road, 75-56. to 56. Not that impressive, but it's about to get jarring. They beat New Jersey Institute of Technology, 98-59. to 59. They beat Binghamton, 74-42. to 42. And in their conference tournament championship game over UMBC, one of our favorite 
teams of the last decade and favorite social media accounts of the last decade. They beat UNBC in the title game, no less, 82-43. to 43. Some pretty jarring results uh, recently for Vermont. What I like about Vermont so much is that they're physical, they're afraid of nobody, they do things fundamentally well. They're going to slow the game down, which isn't exactly a place that Arkansas wants to live at. They're going to rebound. They're going to close out possessions. They're going to do things the right way. They're going to box out, right? And Arkansas may be more athletic. They may have better players. But if you're asking me, I have to pick one of these two upsets, and and I do have Vermont in both of my brackets that I've done so far. What I like so much about the Catamounts, I think they're going to close out possessions. They're not going to allow Arkansas to rebound offensively. Arkansas relies on a lot of their offensive rebounding to get second chance points because they're not the most efficient team from a from a scoring standpoint, from a field goal percentage standpoint. They're not the most efficient. I think Vermont, the way they're going to slow the game down, the way that they're going to dig in on defense, and they've got some size too down low. I think they're going to be able to defend the rim. They're going to be able to close out some possessions, and they are on the offensive side of the floor. They're one of those teams methodically that are just really difficult to defend because they run their stuff so well. They run their offense so well. They move the basketball around. They get good shots. They shoot like 55 or 56% inside the arc on two-point shots. It's one of the best marks in the entire country. I think at the end of the day, they're going to get better looks than Arkansas. This is going to end up being a close game, but this Vermont team is better than a 13 seed. They're no strangers to the NCAA tournament. They're the they're always it seems like they're always the team out of the America East to go if it's not somebody else like a UNBC in recent years but uh, th- this team has played in the tournament they have played in this 13-4 game many a time they are capable of pulling this upset and we've seen that in recent years so I, I like Vermont to uh, to win this game over Arkansas maybe a little bit more than South Dakota State over Providence who really hasn't been challenged as much and they don't play good defense. That they can shoot the ball lights out. They shoot forty four percent from three. That's stupid, but they uh, they don't defend very well. And the reality is, Providence defends well. I think you're going to see some of those offensive stats drop for for South Dakota State now that they're actually playing a good basketball team. And they're not, good, but their defense isn't going to improve. They're they're playing a better team now than what they've been playing. And the teams that they've been playing in the summit have been scoring on them statistically, not at will, but at a good clip. And so I think Providence at the end of the day, it may be close, but I think that's the I think Providence will squeeze out that win and get to the second round. I agree with you, my friend. I like Vermont to beat Arkansas more than I like South Dakota State to beat Providence. I will make it known I like both of them to win in the research bracket. In my second bracket, I still have Vermont, but I also have Providence to win. So to answer the question, I like Vermont to beat Arkansas more than I like South Dakota State to beat Providence. And for all the reasons you just mentioned, Vermont plays a physical brand of basketball. They are going to slow it down. Arkansas, they have to play fast. They have to score a lot of points. They don't play fantastic defense. They've been kind of rallied here. or Yeah, I guess that's the word I'm looking for. They just haven't been playing their best ball here in the last couple of weeks. I like Vermont to come in here with a lot of confidence. I saw something where somebody said Arkansas was going to overlook this game. I don't really agree with that. I think Arkansas will be ready to play. I just think Vermont's going to beat them. I think they're going to straight up beat them in 40 minutes of play. So I like Vermont to beat Arkansas in the 13-4 more than I like South Dakota State to beat Providence. But the numbers say South Dakota State will also beat Providence. But again, like you mentioned, South Dakota State does not play a high level of opponents. They... Don't play very good defense. Providence does play good defense. Providence has shown that they can score the basketball. But at the same time, the last game they played, they got beat by 30-plus points Providence did in their conference tournament. And 
We've seen at times in the Big East where they have struggled to play against the top tier of their own conference. So how far will they go in that bottom right Midwest bracket? I don't know. I don't have Providence going very far at all in the brackets. Either one. I have them losing in the first round in one bracket, and I have them losing in the second round of the other because if they do get through, they're going to have to play Iowa because I believe Iowa is going to destroy Richmond in the 5-12. I'm, I'm so confident in that pick. It's unbelievable. Destroy. They will, man. That is probably... I don't know. I'd have to sit down and look at it. We may be able to do this on tomorrow's show. Rank the confidence we have in some of these games because there's a couple games on here that I am so overly confident about. It, it's dumb. So <laughs> I'll, I'll give you those maybe tomorrow. That's a little preview. I like that. I like we, that. We I can do that. Good we, can, we can rank like our top five confident games that we are in the first round. But I do have a question for you that we can get to on the other side of the break because it's an interesting point the sec has six teams in the tournament they have alabama kentucky they have tennessee at auburn lsu and who's the other one i'm missing arkansas they have six teams in the tournament okay what are the chances that the SEC gets four teams oh, in the no. Sweet 16? Oh, I thought you were about to say Final Four. I was no, like, no. no. No, no, that ain't happening. That ain't happening. I want you to ponder on that question while we're going to break. What are the chances that the SEC can get four out of six teams in the Sweet 16? Let's take a break. You're listening to On the Line. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins and Noah Gardner with you today, wrapping up the Tuesday edition of the show. Noah, I pro- proposed the question to you before we went to break. You thought I was going to ask you what are the chances the SEC gets four teams in the Final Four, which is ridiculous. That will not happen. But the question I did ask you was what are the chances that the SEC gets four teams into the Sweet 16. They have six teams in the tournament, two in the West, one in the East, one in the South, and two in the Midwest. What are the chances the FCC gets four teams into the Sweet 16? Hmm. Let me look at all this. I think Auburn's going to get to the Sweet 16. I think Kentucky's going to make it to the Sweet 16, so there's two. I don't like Arkansas as much as the Sweet 16. I definitely don't like Alabama the West. The West SEC teams, they've got some really difficult runs to get there. Whether it's Vermont for Arkansas, so they get past Vermont, it gets no easier against UConn. I think that's still going to be incredibly tough. Alabama, I don't even know if I like them in their own in their first round game. I uh, definitely don't against either of the teams that they play. Tennessee, I think, can get to this. I, th- I like Tennessee to get to the Sweet 16. Colorado State, I don't, I don't think they're it. I don't, I don't really trust some of these Mountain West teams. Michigan's definitely not it. I think Tennessee's got a good chance to win through those to get to the Sweet 16. So I've got Auburn, Kentucky, Tennessee already. The question is, can LSU get there? And believe it or not, I think LSU could have a sneaky shot at the Elite Eight. Um, you know, I think they could maybe press the right buttons against Auburn if those two teams met just with the way that they play defense. But then again, I would, I would, I would. That being said, I would like Auburn over LSU if they did meet in the Sweet Sweet Sixteen. And actually, in my other bracket, I do have Auburn and LSU meeting in the Sweet Sixteen. So I will say, I, I actually like the SEC's odds to get four teams into the Sweet Sixteen. Um, I, I think they're, I think they got really good chance to get three, but I, I do think that four can make it. I agree. I have four as well. Arkansas and Bama are not going to be in the Sweet 16 for the SEC, but I like Kentucky to get to the Sweet 16, and then they're going to lose to Purdue. I like Tennessee to get to the Sweet 16, 
and either oh I got them losing to Nova both times so I like Tennessee to get to the Sweet 16 and lose to Villanova but then yeah I in both of my brackets I have LSU and Auburn both making the Sweet 16 down in the Midwest and here's how I have it happening LSU I have them beating Iowa State in the 6-11 matchup the game I like a lot, and it will be on my list tomorrow when we break it down, is the Wisconsin-Colgate matchup. I love Colgate, the toothpaste. I love them. I love them the in Raiders. this matchup. Colgate, the, tooth, the toothpaste. I know, man. they're the Raiders. Are they? Yes, they are the Raiders. You question my knowledge. Oh, no. <laughs> you question no. whether or oh, not no. I know the nickname of oh, the Colgate no. Raiders. Oh, man, here he goes. Now, I like Colgate in that matchup. I like... Miami in the USC Miami matchup and then Auburn in their first matchup so yeah I like Auburn and LSU in the sweet 16 that'd be a heck of a rematch because LSU's defense is lights out Auburn's offense has been anything but lights out and so what a rematch that would be in the sweet 16 of the SEC opener this year so I do three teams or well let me say this two teams for sure for the SEC to get to the sweet 16 because I'm not making a guarantee that Auburn makes it to the Sweet 16. I'm going to be really honest. But I could see four easily. So it's a weird answer between two and four. Two easily, four is, is the max for the SEC in the Sweet 16. I'm with you. I think that that's about right. I think it's, it may be more likely that they could get, you know, especially if LSU doesn't quite um, get where they want to get to. Uh, like maybe they struggle out the gates without Will Wade. But uh, I, I, do like the, I do like the chances. Has anybody been picking Iowa State to beat LSU in the first round? LSU's coming into this tournament. They don't Iowa have State's the bad. Yeah, they don't have the offense, and they're not going to have their head coach. Does that? I mean, how does that affect no. LSU in this tournament? I, I think they beat. I think they beat Iowa State. I think they get there. Wisconsin's the team that I would worry about if they do get past the toothpaste. But um, I, I, I think Colgate. I'm with you. I think Colgate does beat Wisconsin. If I had to pull the trigger on an upset on the three line, I would take down Wisconsin and I would throw LSU. Uh, against Colgate and I think LSU would beat Colgate in the next game but how much you want you know I we've talked a lot about my ability to name nicknames in this bracket do you want me to give you the nickname of every single team in here you want to do that we've yeah. got four minutes yeah, we got four minutes let's see what you got all right Texas Southern Tigers Texas A&M Corpus Christi Islanders Wyoming Cowboys Indiana Hoosiers Wright State Raiders Bryant Bulldogs Rutgers Scarlet Knights, Notre Dame, Fighting Irish, Gonzaga Bulldogs, Georgia State, Panthers, Boise State, Broncos, Memphis Tigers, Yukon Huskies, New Mexico State Aggies, Arkansas Razorbacks, Vermont Catamounts, Alabama Crimson Tide, Texas Tech Red Raiders, Montana State Bobcats, Michigan State Spartans, Davidson Wildcats, Duke Blue Devils, Cal State Fullerton Titans, Baylor Bears, Norfolk State Spartans, North Carolina Tar Heels, Marquette Golden Eagles, St. Mary's Gales, UCLA Bruins, Akron Zips, Texas Longhorns, Virginia Tech Hokies, Purdue Boilermakers, Yale Bulldogs, Murray State Racers, San Francisco Dons, Kentucky Wildcats, St. Peter's Peacocks, Arizona Wildcats, Seton Hall Pirates, TCU Horn Frogs, Houston Cougars, UAB Blazers, Illinois Fighting Illini, Chattanooga Mocs, Colorado State Rams, Michigan Wolverines, Tennessee Volunteers, Longwood Lancers, Ohio State Buckeyes, Loyola Chicago Ramblers, Villanova Wildcats, Delaware Blue Hens, Kansas Jayhawks, San Diego State Aztecs, Creighton Blue Jays, 
or just Creighton Jays, depends on what team you're looking at uh, on campus there. Iowa Hawkeyes, Richmond Spiders, Providence Friars, South Dakota State Jackrabbits, LSU Tigers, Iowa State Cyclones, Wisconsin Badgers, Colgate Raiders, USC Trojans, Miami Hurricanes, Auburn Tigers, and Jacksonville State Gamecocks. That was impressive. I will give you credit. That now was I'm going to be honest impressive. with you. The only team on here that I had to look up before I did all that Texas A&M Corpus Christi for some reason I thought they were the blue wave they are indeed the Islanders but the Islanders yeah, interesting but, I've never even heard of Texas A&M Corpus what? Christi how of the Southland Conference what what do you mean how <laughs> what get out of here man they're the 68th <laughs> team in this field they got in because they won their They've conference been in the tournament, tournament in the last decade I feel like I yeah maybe been in the tournament I do want to say this okay the play-in games in the first four up in Dayton Ohio I think it's ridiculous that if you win your conference tournament and you get the automatic bid that you have to go to the play-in game. I think that's ridiculous because I'm, I think that's fair. You get the automatic bid by winning your conference tournament and then they say, "Ah, eh, just kidding. You got to go play in another game just to get into the tournament." That's ridiculous. Leave those games up to the last bids trying to get into the tournament because that's what they're literally doing. That's what the first four is. You are playing in to try to get to the tournament. But if you win your conference tournament, that's an automatic bid. That's an automatic qualifying bid. You should not have to play another game to prove you should be in the NCAA tournament because it ultimately it screws over those teams. I know they're not great. They're 16 seeds for a reason. But you won your conference tournament and you get your automatic bid. You should be in the tournament. You shouldn't have to play. Technically, game. they are in the tournament. They're just in the first first round of the NCAA tournament. Yeah, but they are, <laughs> but they're not because if they, you know, if. They're not. That, as a record, though, they did get an NCAA tournament in bid. They are playing. This is yeah. a part of the NCAA tournament. It's but, just the play-in. It's not. I don't even think we should call it the play-in. I, I just think it's the, the preliminary. Like you haven't made it to the big stage yet because you're playing to get in. No, That's what you, I think you you're are, in the though. field though. You're in the tournament. You're in the tournament. Yeah, you're just but, playing to see who you'll play. But you in the have next to round. play the extra game and winning your conference tournament. Like, question: Is the bottom four teams in the SEC still in the SEC tournament, even though they didn't get a bye? Essentially, sixty-four teams got, or however many, sixty-six. Oh, hold on, we've 68. got sixty-eight. So sixty-four teams got a no. My bad. So we got eight teams there. Sixty teams got a bye to the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Okay. What's your point? But that doesn't mean that the NCAA tournament, that these teams aren't in the NCAA tournament. They're in the NCAA tournament. They I just know, didn't get a buy in the NCAA tournament. Just 60 teams did. <laughs> I know, but if you win your conference tournament, You're you saying should, they get, should the get the buy. You yes, should get the buy. I don't disagree with that. You should not have to go to the first four because, yeah, you, you quote-unquote qualified, but you have to play an extra game. I know the 16 seeds don't make the run, but look at last year, UCLA, they were in the first four as the 11 seed, and they went on to the final four. It's ridiculous. Syracuse man. has done it. CCU has done it. Yeah, absolutely. Three teams that have played in the first four have been to a Final Four. There is some major. Honestly, you should want to play in the first four. Nah, <laughs> I don't want to play in the first four. That's it for the Tuesday edition of On the Line. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Stay safe. See ya.